Welcome to Ride Over Stride, episode 39. Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis. This is a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride, and I'm here today with Master Horseman Van Hargis. How are you doing, Van? Hey, Laura. I'm just absolutely wonderful. How's everything in your part of the world? It's beautiful and windy. Yeah, same here. Man, it's really windy in South Texas. But you know what? I feel so blessed. We were up in Denver a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the good thing is we got to see snow. You know, down here in South Texas, we don't hardly ever see snow. And what few snowfalls I saw when I was up in Northeast Texas just didn't compare. Up there, like literally overnight, they had six inches of the most beautiful, fluffy stuff you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. But it was cold. So I was glad to get back home. I can put up with the wind as long as it's not cold. So it's good yeah. good to be back home. I like looking at snow through a window. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sitting in a chair with a cup of hot chocolate, you know. I don't I don't necessarily want to drive in it. Yes, but. exactly. But you know, I will say this, those guys up there we we drove the uh we drove with Uber drivers back and forth from the airport to the hotel and I'm absolutely amazed, you know, I don't care what it is. If people's got talent and if driving in the snow is a talented thing, those guys have it over us Texans, right? I mean, it's, I'm just amazed that they get around as if it's not even there. And, you know, it freaks us out down here. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I grew up, as you know, north of the Mason-Dixon line. And I, you know, m- most of my life I lived north. And so I can drive in the snow. I just don't want to drive in it down here with y'all Texans because <laughs> you scare me. You know, it's funny you said that. We were laughing the other day at the airport in Denver. And they were saying, well, let's hope that, you know, the snow clears up and everything. We couldn't help but to think about we we were in Dallas one time, getting ready to fly out to go some expo somewhere, and it was coming a pretty good little snowstorm, and they literally shut the airport down. Mm-hmm. And of course, there were people there in Dallas from all over the United States, and most of which were quite comfortable dealing with the snow, and they could not understand why just a little bit of snow and a little bit of ice had the entire airport completely shut down. And I told the guy, dude, this may happen once every three to four years or even more than that. We don't have the equipment to deal with it like you guys do. I mean. It stumps us. It really does. And of course, these guys just couldn't relate, you know, because again, they're just so used to it. It's just everyday life for them in the wintertime. But for us, it's like a, it's like an occasion. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, that's one word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I don't think that's why people popped this podcast into their ears today. So what are we actually going to be talking about? Laura, today we're going to talk about eating, which is another thing I absolutely love to do. You know, I really do. I love love a lot of really good food. But today we're going to be talking about eating, but eat to gain. And eating in this case is just the symbolic metaphor. It's not, I don't really mean we're going to eat it up. But by golly, we're going to talk about taking in in order to gain. And uh, specifically, we're going to talk about three steps that may help you grow in your horsemanship. And in order to grow, you know, we've, we've got to take in stuff, you know. So that's kind of why I referred to eating. And then later I'm going to use EAT as kind of an acronym of a, of a few things I want people to kind of think about. So that's kind of be what we're talking about today. So we're going to be taking in information, finding sources for that information, taking it in, utilizing that information, and then growing in our horsemanship. Okay. Well, let's go. Well, 
since I'm already started on that one, let's going to use that acronym EAT. So as we, as we kind of go through this, I want people to just think about EAT and think about E-A-T. And the first thing we're going to talk about is just that word, EAT. And what I mean is, again, to go back to what I just mentioned, is just taking it in. We don't want to take in information. So many times I run across people that kind of get stuck in where they are and they stay where they are. They don't gain, but they don't lose. They just kind of stay put. And it's almost the same if you can imagine, what are we having tonight, honey, for supper? Oh, tonight's Tuesday. It's hamburger night. Um, you know, what's, what's going on for tomorrow night? Well, tomorrow's pizza night. In other words, we get kind of stuck in routines. And I think that's what happens sometimes with people in their horsemanship. They, they kind of get to going with what feels comfortable to them. And before you know it, they just get bored with it. They just don't grow in their horsemanship. They just kind of get to an area and they just kind of plateau there. They just kind of stuck. And it's, it's that point in time that I see people doing some things like either really making some really bad mistakes with their horses or they just get so bored that they think, you know what, honey, I think I'm just going to sell my horse and, and buy some fishing tackle and go fishing. In other words, they just get so bored with it. It's no longer, it no longer enthuses them. It no longer triggers some sort of happiness inside them. So what I want to encourage people to do is eat. In other words, take something in, learn something new, learn something different. Challenge yourself to put more in your tank, so to speak. Put something else in there. And that something else could be more information. It could be reading an article about dressage. If you're a Western rider, maybe you should consider dressage. Maybe you should consider doing something like hunter hunter and undersaddle and eventing type stuff. If you're an English person, maybe you ought to think about getting a Western saddle and and going and participating in something like raining, or or better yet, go to somebody's ranch and see if you can help gather cattle. In other words, do something different. Bring something in. Learn to do something different. Take in some more information and and challenge yourself whenever you do to do what? To grow. So by taking things in, it sets you up to grow. And so you know, before we move on, I, I, you know, you know me, I'm kind of a nerd, a learning nerd. I like learning new things and about a lot of different topics. And I'm one of those who, you know, reads everything, in, you know, from the cereal box to, you know, big, big books and stuff. When it comes to horsemanship and taking in information, there's, there's good information and there's, you know, not so great, not so helpful information. Do you have any resources that you recommend for people to go to um, where they're going to get good, reliable information about horsemanship, aside from, you know, working with a trainer or something like that, but just on a kind of day-to-day basis for getting more information? Because we can go go to the Googles and learn all sorts of stuff that ain't so, so to speak. <laughs> right. Well, first of all, go to vanhargis.com. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't kid it. That's... No, I, that's of course the place to start. Right. But. And continue to listen to Ride Every Stride. But yes, well, absolutely. There's there's a tremendous array of information out there. And then I guess I'm going to throw a little bit of homework back at someone. Whenever we get ready to start researching, think about some things that you're already familiar with and start thinking about some credible sources. For example, if I was in the Western world, I might turn to organizations such as the American Quarter Horse Association. They're, they're a great resource for information, both in English and Western. It's the largest breed registry in the entire world. So that's a great place to go and just get some information about what it is that you might want to do. I mean, sometimes there's so many different things to do with our horses, you just don't know where to start. So sometimes you go to an organization such as the AQHA, American Quarter Horse Association, and there, and even if you don't have quarter horses, it doesn't really matter. You could, you could have warm bloods or you could have Arabians. It doesn't really matter. 
that's a good place to go to source some ideas as to where you'd like to be on your journey of horsemanship and where you'd like to go. And so just get get the idea first and then just start bringing in that information. Start kind of combing through it until you find something that suits your taste buds to kind of stay along with the same analogy. So as you begin to find something that kind of interests your taste, then try it out. But see, here's what gets me. There's there's so much information available out there today that what really bugs me is when people hit that plateau and they do absolutely nothing about it. See, mm-hmm. it doesn't do us all. I mean, you could go to the biggest buffet in the whole wide world, but if you don't get off your butt and go up there to the counter and put something on your plate and eat it, you're not going to benefit from the buffet, are you? So yeah, you you could starve to death yes, in the Golden Corral. Exactly. Man, why did you have to mention that place? I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I know you like it. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, you know, you, you go to someplace like Golden Corral, but if you don't get off your tail and go up there and partake in the information available, then you're just not going to do anything. You're going to, like you said, you're going to starve to death, you know, and so you've got to take in something, right? So not only just take it in, you got to take it in. And while you're taking it in, just determine what it is that you like. What really tastes good to you? What really strikes your interest with your, with your horses? And what challenges you? You know, what, what stimulates your interest? And once you figure that out, it's just that that's where the journey starts. You know, you kind of get you going in the right direction at that stage. And then I'm going to skip on to the next one too, Laura. So we got E is for eat. In other words, just take it in, take some information in, seek it out and take information in. The second one is, is it's a couple of different ones. I mean, I, I started thinking about the A word for the A letter for the, the thing eat. And I got to thinking of some different ones. The first one is pay attention, pay attention closely to the stuff that you are taking in. That kind of goes along with what you're saying a little while ago about, well, how do you know what the information you've got is good or not? Well, what if you're interested in doing something like Hunter Jumper and you're reading an article about trail riding, or you're interested in, in dressage and the, the information that you're reading has absolutely nothing to do with dressage? Well, consider that. Pay attention to what you're reading and then determine whether or not it's going to be good for what you want it to be. You know, for example, if you're eating, but you're eating to lose weight, does it do you any good to sit down and eat your smorgasbord of apple pies? So you have to pay attention to the information that you're bringing in. You have to pay attention to what you're feeding yourself and ask yourself, is it getting you closer to your goals? Is it getting you closer to what you think you might want? Not always what you definitely do want, but in some cases, just what you think you want. And the other thing is, is that be alert. Be alert to what's around you. Sometimes there's things going on in our own back door. Sometimes there's things going on in our own stable that is not necessarily ideas as to what we might want to do, but it's also learning stuff from other people. You know, if you see somebody over there smacking their horse for doing something pretty minor, you might learn something what not to do. That just doesn't fit your personality. It doesn't fit your horse. It doesn't fit your idea of what good horsemanship is about. So not only do you want to pay attention, you want to be alert and take advantage of of the information that's around you. Oftentimes, being a good horseman is being alert of your horse, paying attention to your horse, being alert as to what he's doing, what he's saying to you. You know, I had a conversation earlier this morning in regard to horses talking to us. And, you know, and, and you know, was, was well, I have a book coming out and it's called The Horse is My Teacher. And I frequently refer to the horses talking to me. But I don't mean like the Mr. Ed kind of talking. What I mean is, is they're talking to me through my observation. I watch them. I study them. Not that I'm not fooled by them, but I'm very rarely fooled by the information that horses provide for me. But in order to get that information, I've got to pay attention to them. I've got to be alert as to the things that they're expressing with their eyes, their ears, their nose, their tail, their overall body language. 
So being alert to that fills us with information. And we, with that information, we can determine then what we need to do, what we want to do, and, and learn for that information. Another A part of that one is being aware, which kind of goes along with those first two. We want to be aware of what's going on. You know, one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts is when someone's talking to me about their horse and says, man, Van, I was riding my horse, and all of a sudden, and for no reason, <laughs> and as soon as I hear that, I really just feel like poking my fingers in my ears because suddenly the person lost all credibility in my mind when, when referring to their horse. Because if we're truly paying attention, we're alert, and we're aware of what's going on, not only just with our horse, but with our surrounding environment, it really prevents us from being in a situation where things happen all of a sudden and for no reason. And with all that information that's coming into us, that's feeding us. That's good information for us to to have. It's good information for us to help us grow. And the last one is we have to ask ourselves, are we trainable? And what I mean by that, are we open-minded to the things that we learn? Are we open-minded to the information that's coming into us? Somebody might tell us something that we really don't necessarily agree with, but if we're open-minded and we're trainable, we might learn something what not to do just as easily as we learn something to do. We got to ask ourselves too, are we teachable? Which might kind of go along with the same thing as trainable. Are our horses trainable? Are we trainable? Are we teachable? In other words, when someone does take the time to try to communicate to us something that's going on with our horses, are we listening to them carefully enough to want to learn? In other words, are we teachable? Or are we just kind of like, oh yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Same old story. And, or it doesn't go along with what we've, what we've learned in the past. So I'm not really going to listen. And to me, I just don't think people with that type of attitude are very teachable. They're not very trainable. So we have to ask ourselves, are we open? Are we open to try new things? Are we open to take in new information? Are we open to try to learn something? Are we teachable? Another one that comes in there is what I call transformable. You know, sometimes we just, we are so far into whatever it is that we're doing that we, we might take that information in. We might think that we're being trainable. We might think that we're being teachable, but we're not willing to put the effort forward to put that education that we just read about or the clinic that we participated in into something that's transformable. We're not willing to do things differently. And what I mean by that is sometimes we get stuck so much into habits, some habits, we don't even know what we're doing. For example, there's one that I that I wa- love to watch people do at my clinics, Laura, and I'll, I'll be asking people to say, walk along in a straight line and, and flex your horse's nose to the right and bring your horse's nose all the way around to about where your boot top is or whatever. Just bring your horse's nose around. And inevitably, I watch people do that and they'll bring their right hand, for example, all the way to their side and sometimes even behind them. And I'll ask them, why do you want to put your hand behind you? It doesn't do you much good if it's behind you. Try to keep your hands in front. If you get the hands behind you, you inadvertently wrap the rein around you a little bit, and that's just not a good, safe place to be. Plus, you can only go so far with your hands wrapped behind you. But if you keep your hands in front of you, you can cross over in front of your body and continue with that journey with your rein pulling it. So keep your hands in front. Well, inevitably, they've gotten themselves in such a habit of bringing their hand back toward their hip or bringing their hand back toward their butt that they just don't realize they're doing it, no matter how many times I remind them. So oftentimes I will start saying stuff to them that's kind of funny. And sometimes it could even be offensive. But I say it to them because I want to make a big enough impression that they have to make a transformation. They have to get out of that old habit. 
I'm giving them great information. They're listening to it. They're willing. So that tells me that they're trainable and they're teachable. But sadly, are they transformable? In other words, are they so aware and alert of what they're doing and what's going on that they're willing to make physical changes in what it is that they're doing? So in other words, are they transformable? So whenever I'm going to kind of get their attention to kind of make an impression, running the risk of either making them laugh at me, laugh at themselves, or maybe even running the risk of of offending them, whenever I see them bring their hand around toward their butt, I just ask them, hey, man, does your butt itch? If your butt doesn't itch, why are you scratching it? Why have you got your hand back there like that? So keep your hands in front. Stay away from your butt. What's this weird, strange attraction that you have with your right hand to your butt cheeks? So just keep your hands in front. So granted, that might be funny to them. It might be offensive to them. But either way, suddenly that little bit of humor or that little bit of insult just might remind them to keep more aware to what their body is doing so that they are transformable. In other words, are they willing to change their physical habits? Another T word I put in there is transfer. And what I mean by transfer is, is that not only are they transformable, but are they willing to transfer that information? In other words, you bring in all that information and now you're suddenly make a change in your physical habits. But in order to get what you want with your horses, especially, you've got to transfer that information from within you to out of you. You know, when you go back to those four questions that we talked about many you know, many times in the past, Laura, we talk about what it is that you want and is what you want fair to yourself and fair to your horse. And then the, the third one is, can you communicate that in a way that the horse can understand? Well, that's exactly what I mean by transfer. Can you transfer that information from your head, your mind, your body to the horse in a way that the horse can understand it? So that's another burden on us. We've got to think about that that transfer. And the other part of it is, that can you take it with you? In other words, can you do it enough that you create new habits so that you can take that information with you? And then, of course, the other, just like I'm doing right now, the best way to grow not only yourself, but to grow the industry and to help others is to take that information with you and share it with others. I think that's probably one of the things that I love to do is, is to teach other people. But what's what's so amazing, and I hate to sound so selfish, but one of the reasons that I that I love to teach other people is that the more that I communicate what I've learned from other horsemen over the years, and the more that I communicate to others what I've learned from horses over the years, does nothing more than help me grow because I'm constantly sharing that information. I'm constantly taking it with me and I'm sharing it with everyone else. The more times I hear myself say it, the more likely that it is going to sink in deeper and deeper and deeper. And as a result, I have that huge transformation in, in who I am as a horseman. And and then that's what I want to encourage people to do. Think about those things. Take it in. In other words, take in that information, eat, consume, bring it in. And then pay attention to what it is. Pay attention to where, it, where the information came from. Pay attention to what it means. Pay attention to what's going on around you so that you're not victim of accident or, or other things. And then think about the T, which is transferable, teachable, trainable, transformable. Are you able to transport it and take it with you and share it with others? So that's kind of what I wanted to visit with about today. And hopefully that kind of planted some seeds in people's minds for discussion later about what I mean by eat to grow. Eat to grow in your horsemanship. Yeah, I really, I really like that. And I really, as I was listening to you talk, I kind of hung up on the transformable word because it's easy to take in information and to always be going out there and, you know, reading new things or attending another clinic or, you know, all the different ways that you can gather information. And, and even if you're teachable, you know, learn it, but until you actually put it into practice, until you actually do it and let it change you, I'm not sure you've really got it. Well, you know what? You're exactly right. And here's the cool thing about 
what, what I love about working with horses, horses will tell you really quick whether or not you are being transformable. In other words, if you're changing those habits, I get that question on it. Mr. Van, am I doing it right? You're asking the wrong person. Look at your horse. Think about those four questions. What do you want? And the horse will tell you if you're communicating correctly, because if you're getting what you want, you must be doing it right. You might not necessarily be doing it the way that I'm doing it, the way that I'm teaching you. But if you're getting what you want, it must be working. Your communication must be working. Your habits of transforming that information to something that the horse can perceive suddenly must be working because you're getting the you're getting the feedback that you want. So oftentimes that's the hardest part is is like you said that transformable. Is it transformable? In other words, I've got all this information. I've read all the books. I've watched all the videos. I've I've gone to all the clinics. What good does that do you if you can't put it into practice? But once you start putting it into practice, practice is nothing. You know, what I used to love to refer to is perfect practice. In other words, just don't just go off and do it. It's not about doing it. It's the process of doing it. It's about doing it correctly. It's about doing it to the point where you're getting the desired outcome that you want. And even then, even when you get the outcome that you want, it's only perfect for one repetition. And then it's done. After that, it's no longer perfect. You should be sh- uh, striving to do it better. You've heard me say that time and time again. And to the point where your communication is almost effortless, and yet their horse's performance is is better and even more effortless. So that transformable is just a matter of practice. It's just practice, 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 and perfect practice, of course. Yeah. One of my kids' is piano teachers years ago had a sign on her studio wall that said, practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So if you practice it wrong, it will be perfectly wrong (laughs) and permanently wrong. (laughs) Right. So I love that. So we eat to to gain and to grow, just like we eat food to to grow our bodies, bringing this information in and being aware and alert and all these things that you talked about and being teachable and transformable helps us to grow as horsemen and horsewomen and in our relationships with our horses. Absolutely. And you know, Laura, and I'm going to, here's, I, I feel like I just do this all the time, but this is what I love so much about the horsemanship is that this whole concept right here, really, I'm referring to it in horsemanship terms, but man, by practicing this and, and keeping our mind open about how we can utilize what we practice here and what the horse feeds us back in, in information, in other words, what we communicate to him and what he communicates back to us, those are all such great lessons. And it gives us, you know, I feel so blessed that many moons ago when I was up in Mitchell, South Dakota, and that little young lady, I mean, I think that was literally her first job out of college. She was working for the newspaper there in Mitchell, South Dakota. And she came up to me with a request for an interview. And of course, I said, sure, I'll do an interview with you. And she says, well, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. I just want you to speak here in this little microphone. I'm going to take some notes as well. But I was I was doing a little bit of research before I interviewed you. And I was just noticing on your website, it says you're Van Hargis, the horseman with a message. And yes, ma'am. Well, Mr. Hargis, so what's your message? And Laura, I was just absolutely stumped. I, I'd never had anybody ask me that question before. I had no idea what my message was. I know that how I got that little phrase, tagline, or whatever you want to call that, was from a lady that was helping with my my website way back in 1999. And she listened to several stories that I told along the way every time I was doing a horsemanship presentation. She says, oh, I just love it. You've, you, you're you the horseman with a message. You've always got a story. You've always got a message. And I agreed to let her put that on the website. Sounds good to me. But I never really thought about it until that little young lady come to me and said, so what's your message? And as God would have it, I mean, I don't, I have no idea where it came from other than just, I just opened my mouth and God put 
put the words in, but without hesitation, I said, well, I guess my message is that uh, horsemanship is an opportunity to practice humanship every day. So that's what I want people to hear with this lesson today is that take in that information, be aware of that information, ask yourself if you're teachable, trainable, and, and if transformable. In other words, eat to gain and Listen very carefully to the feedback as you practice this with your horses. Listen very carefully with the feedback, but look at the larger lesson. The larger lesson is you can take that same lesson here and apply it to every bit of the every other walk of our life that we do. And that's what I love about horsemanship. I truly believe that horsemanship is an opportunity to practice humanship. And I I, I just wish that for everybody. You know, it, it, for those of us who are horsemen and, and horsewomen out there, I just hope that we take those lessons that we learn in life and utilize those in our horsemanship and then take those opportunities that we practice with our horsemanship and apply those same principles to our everyday life. And I think as a result, that consistency will give us a tremendous amount of peace with inside of us. I love it. That's very good. For those listeners who maybe have questions about this, uh, you've given us a lot to think about here. And I know it would be great to hear back from the listeners as to their thoughts on this. How are you applying these things that Van talked about? Where do you get the information that you use to improve your horsemanship? Are you taking it in or is it just kind of going past you? And how are you paying attention and being trainable and all these things? Uh, Your feedback is really valuable and your questions are welcomed. So you can share those as always in the show notes for this episode. Go to vanhargis.com and find the podcast tab. Look for episode 39. You can put questions and comments there. In the Van Hargis Horsemanship Facebook page, Van's always happy to enter into a conversation there. Or you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to info at vanhargis.com. If you enjoyed this episode, if you're enjoying the podcast as a whole, I know how much Van appreciates that and and he would appreciate you helping spread the word and, and enlarging the community that can be a part of this conversation. So the first thing you can do is tell your friends, let them know about Ride Every Stride and how they can subscribe and and become, as I said, part of this conversation. You can also go to, uh, if you want to help out, if you haven't already done so, leave a review of the show on iTunes. That is very helpful to Van just to get that feedback in that place. Van, I know you've got, uh, we talked a little bit on the last episode about some of your upcoming events. I want to encourage people to get in touch with Van Hargis Horsemanship sooner rather than later. If you'd like to have Van come to your community so that you can work with him one-on-one or in small groups, that's possible. They are planning the schedule right now for this summer and the fall. And so email info at vanhargis.com to get more information about how you can have Van come to do a clinic or a training in your community. But Van, you've got some events coming up this spring in uh, the Pacific Northwest and then over in the Northeast. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about those? You bet, Laura. Well, first of all, we've we've got that one coming up at the Northwest Horse Fair and Expo in March. That's going to be March the 24th, 25th, and 26th. And that's in Albany, Oregon, actually. Really excited about that one. It's been several years since I've done that horse expo. I want to say probably seven years or longer. So it's going to be huge for me to get to go back out there. I'm really looking forward 
forward to it. Some great people out there. Can't wait to go back and see everybody because we, we, I'm, I'm in Facebook friends with a lot of these folks that we're doing this expo with. And for them to be able to come and visit with me, this is going to make my day. Can't wait to get out there. As a result of being out there, though, in that area, we're going to hang around the Central Oregon area to do a clinic at least the next weekend and maybe even the next two weekends after that. Um, so I want folks to stay in contact with us. We're kind of working out the last of the details on the, on those clinics. But the next one for sure is going to be out in the Central Oregon area, and it's going to be March the 31st, April the 1st, and April the 2nd. And then, as if that's not enough, we're going to be headed all the way to the other cross country to New York and do a thing out in Rhinebeck, New York at the uh, third weekend of June, which is going to make it June the 24th, 25th, and 26th. While we're out there, we're probably going to go do some other things in New Hampshire and other parts of New York. So we hope that people catch up with us. And you can find out more about these things as we begin to develop more of the details by just going to our website, uh, vanhargis.com, and of course, checking out our clinics page and our schedule, and you can uh, find out how to catch up with us. And it couldn't be easier for people to sign up for our clinics, no matter where we are, because you just go to our website, you just literally buy tickets. You can either buy tickets as a participant, or you can buy tickets as an auditor. And uh, and also, like you mentioned earlier, Laura, I really want to invite people to to uh, have us come out to your facilities. We can do large groups or small groups, and as I can, and I also just absolutely love to do just speaking engagements. So if you'd like for us to come out, just feel free to contact us on the website info at vanhargis.com, and we'll head your direction. So there you have it. Lots of information to be found on the website. Be sure to go there, snoop around a little bit, see what you can pick up for yourself in the the store there, and sign up for the Top Hand Club if you haven't already done that. that we were talking about information earlier. That was Van's topic today. And one great source of information is available to members of the Top Hand Club. Among the other benefits that members have is access to an ever-growing library of video tutorials where you can see Van demonstrating how to do certain things and demonstrating different things that he talks about on the podcast. And he explains it very well, but for some things, nothing can beat actually getting to see it done. And so members of the Top Hand Club have access to all of these videos and they're continually adding more. So you definitely want to check that out while you're at the website. Again, it's at vanhargis.com. Look for the, the button to get more information about the Top Hand Club. Anything else, Van? Laura, I'd just like to say thank you to you, of course. Thanks to our producer, John. Without you two, it literally couldn't happen. So I really appreciate everything that you guys do for us. And um, it would all be futile if it wasn't for our listeners. So I really want to extend our appreciation to our listeners. Guys, uh, you, you folks give me a purpose to do what I do, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening each and every week, and thank you again for your comments. Feel free to stay in touch with us via our website. Contact us through our Facebook page. But just let us know if we're doing the right thing for you. And if not, tell us what we can do to get you the information that you want. And as always, I just want you to remember, it's your ride, your trail, it's your journey. So ride every stride. Ride every stride.